Hello, everybody. Welcome back to What They Chose. This is your creator and host, Belen. Today, I am joined by a very special guest. I'm so excited to connect with Memes, the host of Swatch of Horrors. She is a podcaster as well as a former makeup artist. And I guess in her list of repertoire, she's also a quote unquote desk job um, expert. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I, I left that beauty world behind. It's in my past life. I always talk about it like I left a gang or something, but, but like, <laughs> not a gang, but yeah, I, I, I do office work now, but I love it. And yeah. I still like beauty. So, you know. Yeah. Welcome to What They Chose. Thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be on. Yes. So I'm going to do a quick check-in, um, kind of like the COVID, post, post-COVID, post <laughs> current COVID. I don't know what we're in yeah. right now. I, I mean, current state of this, the union kind of situation. How are you? How have you been coping? Is everything going okay, going bad? What's What's the deal? It's it's a lot, and I think I that goes for everyone. But it's funny because it's like it's a lot for people who have like been following the rules, but for people who are out there wilded and just like partying, they're not sacrificing anything. So I guess they're okay. But <laughs> like <laughs> I think for me, um, you know, I've my household has been blessed that we haven't gotten sick, and. We've been following protocols as much as possible, you know, sacrificing not seeing people the way we want. And, um, you know, I have my job and my health, so I'm pretty happy about that. I think it's really just feeling the heaviness and the loss that everyone else is kind of ha- experiencing because the more the more we got into it, more people I knew, the people like their loved ones were dying. And it was, it was a lot. And I was thinking like, how would I answer this question now? Because like, I think, you know, we're in California and things Mm -hmm. are opening up now, but it's like the virus is still around and I know our numbers are going down. So it's like, are they going down? Cause everyone got it already. And now it's like, okay. And then plus everyone's getting vaccinated, but yeah. Um. I mean, do I have a, like a shorter version of the answer? <laughs> okay, it's okay. You're good. Your answer is fine. There's no limit. I mean, I would be really concerned if you said I'm great, thanks, and then just moved on. And I was like, wow, we're just in this right now. Goodbye. Well, <laughs> well, I did find a new therapist, so I'm like three or four sessions in. So I'm super excited about that. Um, big, you know, big advocate for mental health. So. I was like, you know, I could have benefited from it last year, but I was like, I bet even the therapists are like, don't even know what's going on right now. So let me give them like a few months to figure out life (laughs) in the pandemic (laughs) and then I'll dump all my problems on them. So yeah, yeah, I found a really cool person and we're doing it virtually and yeah, I'm, I'm ready to unpack more of my traumas and and my my issue. <laughs> you know? yeah. yeah. Load it on her. Hey, yeah. Take it. <laughs> Fix me. Yeah. I I had a um therapist last year from February February to about May. Mm-hmm. Um and it was originally in person and then it went virtual. Um and I think I kind of just I mean, I liked it and I 
some point I was like, okay, I'm just not feeling this. So yeah. I kind of stopped. It, it was it was more of that repetitiveness where mm-hmm. I felt like we're all kind of in the same ground hole of poop that I yeah. don't really know what to do. So the only thing <laughs> she just ever said was just be patient and talk it out with your family. I'm like, all right, cool. So I took that knowledge. And now every time I'm like in a bad mood, I go like, hey, I feel trapped. Let's go outside. <laughs> outside is really great. Like I, I think I mentioned this on my podcast. Like, just go outside, take a walk. Like, it's free, and it's you know, even if you live in a really like super city area, like you might find a bird that looks cool. Like you know, there's wildlife somewhere, and I, I don't know a bug. Even, the apart- even in a, in the big apartment complexes in the big city, you gotta find some nature outside. Una paloma, a pigeon, yeah, a squirrel, cockroach. Oh no. <laughs> I would I don't even want to talk about cockroaches. I'm like that's one of my biggest phobias. It's yeah, it's really bad. Like I would probably scream and like I'm not even kidding. I might have like PTSD reactions when I see one. Really? Um, okay. Yeah. Never mind. Take that back. No cockroaches. Oh, um, I actually have to tell you. So you know you know emojis, right? I mean, who doesn't yeah. know emojis? I was because my friend was telling me like oh my gosh I saw a roach in my apartment I'm like oh hell no and I went to type out the word roach and the emoji like predictor there is now a roach an a roach emoji like a animal a like the insect roach yes oh, okay not like the other type of roach that has <laughs> inhibiting abilities no <laughs> the bug the bug <laughs> okay I'm like I was I was so freaked out. I'm like, okay, now I have to use every single emoji to get that cockroach out of my emoji history. And I don't want to see it. It is so ugly. <laughs> Why did they add that? I'm so pissed. Oh my god. So I'm, gonna have to look, I'm gonna have to search that one and look at it. I'm gonna I'm gonna randomly send a little roach here for you. Like, hey, you know what's funny? Cause roaches. Um, shout out to my sister my sister's name um i, I don't do you remember her name is roach <laughs> my sister's name is roach no her nickname is roach oh uh, no her name is her name is rocio you know okay but, um her nickname is roach and it happened so weirdly um do you remember those toy laptops that they used to sell at Toys R Us, which is like rest in peace? And it yeah. was like those VTech ones and like it helped you learn how to spell or you okay. know, whatever. And, and and one of the features they had was a dictionary. And so we always wanted to type in our names. And my sister and I have very <laughs> Latino names that obviously don't have any definition in a VTech kind of <laughs> Dictionary, back in the day. You know, especially back in the day so i would type in my name and it would say did you mean belly button and <laughs> that was funny and then when i typed in my sister's name it would always say did you mean roach <laughs> and so her stuck like her stuck so much oh that like up until like elementary school, middle school, high school, even now people call her that. You know, and that's her tag on oh Instagram is Rochi. <laughs> so ugly. Yeah. Like it makes me itchy. Yeah, right. But it's just like she, it got stuck. It's so funny. Really funny. Yeah. I mean, there could be worse nicknames. <laughs> right. <think>. Yeah. Like <laughs> Karen. 
<laughs> I actually like. <laughs> um, I have a baby cousin, and this is on my Vietnamese side because I'm I'm Vietnamese and Mexican uh, mm-hmm. descent. So on my Vietnamese side, I have a little cousin now, and they na- they named her Karen. And I'm like, I don't think they really understand like the context of Karen, but you know, I mean, we got a ton of Karens out there that. You know, didn't really know that this would become a thing. So, yeah. Sorry um, for all the Karens out there. We're the just Karens. We're just Karens. <laughs> living <life>. like, <laughs> just living their life, minding their own business, not causing any problems. And, and the name becomes thing. like a derogatory, yeah. like, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> oh, oh, that was a good little laugh to get kickstart this session. Yeah, needed yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, definitely needed it. I was trying to, I, I, I'm not working, so I'm mostly at home now. And there's there are times that I don't have my daughter, so I, I'm home by myself with the dog. And so my partner, he goes to work and he'll come in and he just jokes around like, "What did you do today?" And I was like, "Um, that's a great question. I don't remember what I did." <laughs> You're like, "I'm a podcaster." Like, I was like, "I don't know." <laughs> I did something. I I washed the dishes, you know. So I just kind of got that that giggleness out, and then right now I just got that like energizing giggles back in because (laughs) what we were just talking about. (laughs) Roach emoji. Roach emojis. (laughs) So, um, you did mention um quite a little bit ago that you are half Vietnamese and half Mexican, and I find that so fascinating because I never knew that multiculturalism <laughs> existed honestly okay this might sound very very um what's the word ignorant mm-hmm. but i mean i grew up in la and my dad's mexican and my dad and my mom's guatemalan and mm-hmm. so uh, aside from seeing people like black americans and white americans get married i didn't really know that other cultures would get married you know yeah it, i and mean it, it's <laughs> out there yeah but it's right? uh it's, I feel like my combination, I'm talking about like I'm a, like a mixed drink or something. Um, <laughs> yeah, I feel like my my like mixture of backgrounds is not something that you see a lot, especially, you know. Yeah. And the only ever, only other time I would ever casually hear about it would be in Sábado Gigante when they would bring out the Latino and Chinese marriages. Like, oh, uh-huh. conozcan esta pareja. Like, meet this couple, like, that's Mexican and Chinese or whatever. And <laughs> and and it was kind of like a joke, you know? Because um, <laughs> Sábado would make things into a joke, it would, it, yeah. you know? And so... And so now that I'm older and I like, you know, went to college, lived life or whatever, I'm like, whoa, there's so many cultures that are actually the same. Like I, you know, like, yeah, you think about it. And I'm like, <laughs> I have Filipino friends and they're like, yeah, we're practically like Mexican, too. We're like, oh, snap, you are. That's crazy. Same colonizers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I find it really fascinating, not because of like thinking as a joke, like, but like, I didn't. I'm just, I want to know more and how that happened. Yeah. So I don't even know really how it happened, really. Like, <laughs> it's not happening anymore. They're divorced. So, okay. Um, I'm just, well, uh, I'm laughing because I think I'm just coping with my like tr- childhood trauma of the divorce. So, um, basically, they met in high school and 
you know, my mom was very, um, I think she was like third generation Mexican. Like she wasn't born here. Um, and she just loved the Asian culture. So I think she's just naturally attracted to just Asian people in general. Um, and not to say that it was like a fetish sized thing or anything, but mm-hmm. some people are just, you know, you're attracted to what you're attracted to. And, um, she met my dad in high school and he was like totally into her. And there's a story where like he went to prom just to like spy on her and he went on like a with a different date, which kind of sounds <laughs> creepy. But, like, <laughs> I think it just like they were friends, you know, but mm-hmm. they didn't date till after high school. I think he got her a job at like a fast food restaurant after school, <laughs> like after high school. And um finally i guess she gave up like fighting him off like his you know eagerness to date her and um and then i came along i think it was an accident but you know then they got married so yeah and uh i always wonder like i I think his english was okay at the time but he came from like saigon as a refugee Mm -hmm. and um from vietnam and um he must have known enough english to you know for them to make it work somehow (laughs) language of love (laughs) (laughs) um so it's interesting because my mom was like i don't know third generation mexican so she didn't learn spanish and so that didn't get really passed down to me maybe like some of the slang did Uh, but it was like super either made up slang like either my grandparents made it up or like it was like California street slang or something. I don't know. <laughs> um, so there's that. And then like I grew up in a really predominantly like Mexican neighborhood. So like culturally, like all this like Mexican culture was from my friends, some from my grandparents, a little bit from my mom. But mainly it was just like my friends, I think. Um And my mom, like, totally adapted to the Vietnamese culture. Like, she picked it up and she just loved it. And so my household was very, like, Vietnamese kind of tone to it. Like, my dad was, like, whatever he said goes, you know. So Mm -hmm. that was kind of, like, my environment of where I grew up. That's interesting. And then with culture, I mean, you grew up with the surrounding areas, friends and stuff. Was there... Uh, a lot of things that were similar in the way that they were culturally teaching you or things that were just completely clashing in how your mom and your dad try to raise you or try to teach you about their their lives? Um, that's a good question. I think, well, I think my dad was very like stereotypical, strict Asian dad. And the culture is very much like, you know, there's this running joke where it's like, how do you say I love you in Vietnamese? Like, oh, I don't know, because my parents never tell me. Like, it's very like, like Vietnamese parents, and I'm generalizing, but the common theme, especially with immigrant parents, is like they show their love by feeding you, by working hard. And I think sometimes that translates over into like the Latinx culture too, especially Mexican mm-hmm. culture. Where, um, they're very hardworking as well. And especially if you're an immigrant, um, you're super hardworking because you got to make it in the U.S., you know, by working hard. And I think um, I think it was hard because my dad was super strict. And so it was kind of like I didn't always get to do the things that I wanted to do that my other friends were doing. But, mm-hmm. you know, I, I it was all I knew. So 
you know, I think, uh, yeah, I don't know. Did I answer the question? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I always, I always think about for my sense, like, did I have a challenging childhood or was it different, you know, like, and, you know, growing up in a Spanish speaking household, Latino household, there was just one way, you know, I didn't live in another person's house and, mm-hmm. and knew of the, like, let's say like the white Americans, they had like a little bit more freedom than I did. Yeah. I didn't know that, that I was being restricted. I just thought it was normal, you know? Oh. <laughs> and so it wasn't until high oh. school that I realized, Hey, my, I'm not, why aren't you letting me go outside with my friends? Like go to the mall. Like, no, you can't. Yeah. But I, but I can, I can take care of myself. No, you don't know what's out there. So I would never go. I'd have to ask for permission up until I left for college, and then that was it. You know. Yeah. Um, but it, it, I didn't know. I didn't know what I didn't know. Yeah, <laughs> you know? that's interesting. Yeah. So I guess it would be kind of similar where you had that um, limitations that your dad would be like, "Oh, this is how I do it." Da da da, and then you're like, "Okay, cool. That's." what we're yeah I guess you know yeah and sometimes my friends would be able to do like more things than me like maybe like they could do a sleepover at this girl's house but maybe she's an acquaintance and not really like my best friend so my mom's like well who is this person and you know like and I'm I'm totally appreciative of it now you know as I'm older um so yeah there's that and um there's like the we we ate predominantly like Vietnamese food and all I wanted was freaking like meatloaf. Like, you know, you watch like TV and all the kids on TV, like the white American families are like meatloaf. I'm like, that's what I want. Like meatloaf or like enchiladas or like Mexican food, you know, like we rarely ate like, like we ate American food sometimes like pizza or like spaghetti or uh, that's not even like American. Well, I don't know. You're an American. <laughs> appropriated american food (laughs) yes appropriate american food like we'd have kfc every now and then um but i just wanted meatloaf and i got tired of vietnamese food but you know i miss it now yeah (laughs) (laughs) oh and now as an adult and you mentioned you appreciate some of those things like what are some other things that you look back and appreciate about the combination of cultures that you grew up with what do i appreciate now um i would say i i think what i hear from certain people who are like who are like uh, i don't know biracial multicultural you know they feel like they don't really belong to one or the other sometimes i feel that way because my spanish isn't that great but i also feel like i i belong to both you know like growing up going to quinceañeras it was like my friends taught me how to dance like you know merengue and cumbias and stuff and um learning about all of those things and to me I felt like like it was part of me too you know and then the Vietnamese culture you know you have your um they're really big on family too so it's like gatherings and family is really important on, on both sides I don't know if that answered the question. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like I can help. I'm still recovering my head. <laughs> I know. I'm so sorry. You're doing so great, Miha. You're doing so great. <laughs> oh, just some context. Like I was in a car accident like almost a month ago and my brain is recovering. So 
that's the context that yes i'm like for everybody wondering what's going on they're, they're like uh what yeah, is it's it? a little like, like spacey that's kind of why <laughs> yeah it's okay i think at this point everyone has a valid reason to be spacey and then you have an ac- you had a car accident too so that's even more I, <laughs> sometimes i forget like sometimes i really think we're like still in fall like October, September, and this was before the accident. So I'm like, because of quarantine, like you lose track of time. I don't even know what I that that meme that is <laughs> circulating right now that says, I can't believe March is next month, but it was also last month. Oh yeah, yeah. That's that's where I'm at right now. Yeah, there's how a- I, my trajectory <laughs> is of life. There's a meme that says like, I'm still pro- like March is coming up. I'm still processing March from last year. <laughs> Seriously. Oh my goodness. All right. So, what is the teacher that you would like to talk about today? Well, I was thinking. Um, oh, remind me again. Con ganas, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that one, my mom would tell me. Um, do you want to explain what that means? Since you're Do you native want to explain speaker? <laughs> okay. ganas means with, with effort. Yeah, like for me, it felt like it was either like with effort or like with passion or with like, with like, like emotion. Like do it, don't half-ass it is basically how I interpreted it growing up. So like my mom, I don't, okay, this is another thing. They like, thought I was going to be the next prodigy or something. I don't know what, but I was in like piano lessons, dance lessons, <laughs> like everything. Okay. And I felt like I had a, anyway, they were just like always making me perform and stuff like that. So when I would be practicing and I was like half-assing it, my mom would be like, Go ganas. I'm like, what does that mean? <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, do it with like feeling like you really mean it. I'm like, okay. And <laughs> that's kind of like, what I think of or like when I oh my voice is like going through puberty um <laughs> it's the accident I know um I feel like was it like Little Mermaid she like lost her voice or something <laughs> like gaining my voice back um so I remember in what's that high school <laughs> high school I played soccer and I remember the coach was like con ganas like when you kick it you know like don't kick it like like you don't mean it you know so I remember like my coach saying stuff like that too so I don't know it it makes me feel like um like you can apply it to different aspects of your life you know don't half-ass your work do it like you mean it um you have some pride in what you're doing yeah Definitely. Con ganas. Yeah. It, if you say like with effort in English, it doesn't sound. Yeah, it sounds nice. weird. It sounds weird. <laughs> and if you say it in Spanish, con ganas, like it's just like this like passion and like, you know, energy and all sorts of emotions that are just in two words, you know, and, and it, it, hits, dif- it hits differently. Yeah. It does. It really does. It's a good point. <laughs> or like you go, like you do it, or go, you go, girl. Like it isn't the same, you no, know. It's not. And <laughs> and um, I I think about how much 
the world is missing out on all these sayings because they don't understand them and also because they can't be translated. You know, like a lot of the things that we talk about, that we say, that I've mentioned in this podcast in the past few episodes, you can't really say them in English. Yeah, it's like awesome translation. Yeah. And I mean, I feel like they they are missing out, like all the English speakers or the Spanish challenged individuals <laughs> are missing out on on what it means. But I guess it's kind of one of those ex- like exclusive, like in the know kind of things. Yeah, but. that's why I like your podcast, because it helps me connect to parts of like my Mexican or like Spanish speaking heritage that I'm kind of missing um, because I'm not fluent, but yet it is familiar enough for me to pick up on like the nuances. So um, some of the phrases that you've talked about in your previous shows, like I had never heard before, or it's like, I maybe have to Google a verb, but even then I'm like, it still doesn't make sense to me in English, but when you explain it, it makes sense, you know? So I, I, I like the idea of your, your show a lot. It's, it's really helpful. Oh. Culturally. Thank you so much. I'm glad that it's helping you. It's helping one person. <laughs> it made a difference in your life and I appreciate it. Yeah. I'm thankful for that. And with Gonganas, do you think that there's there was ever a time that this saying failed you or that it didn't really give you that energy that you were hoping for? Um probably that's a good question because like in terms of like maybe I was dancing or singing like I enjoyed doing those things as a kid and you know maybe just feeling overworked that's probably why I was just like half-assing it you know and so my mom was like you know con ganas and I'm like okay um but I think I think hearing it is more of a positive kind of encouragement because it applies to things that I actually liked doing, like singing, dancing, piano, or like soccer. Like I really liked these things. So I think hearing it is more of like a reminder that I'm not giving a hundred percent and that I just need to step it up. And yeah, I think it was more of a positive thing for me. It's more of a motivation for you then to hear it. And then do you think about your mom when you say it to yourself or does she constantly tell you? con ganas now as an adult yeah she is funny as it sounds like i feel like she's not even mexican like she like that's how like culturally like i guess absent i feel like her upbringing was with like this mexican culture um i don't know she just i just really don't get that from her maybe when i was little but um what was the question (laughs) Said. <laughs> uh, do you see, when you hear this saying con ganas do you think about your mom or do you just say it to yourself or how do you connect it with um, with your upbringing that's funny I think like if I'm if I'm helping like my nephew or something sometimes that phrase comes to mind like if I'm helping him with his schoolwork or um Maybe like we're playing baseball or something in the backyard, and I'm like, "Oh God!" I was like, "It's the first thing that kind of like comes to mind, like because it just fits, you know, like." And it does kind of remind me of my mom. Uh, I think my grandpa might have said it too, and that's that's his daughter, you know, my grandpa on my mom's side, uh, in regards to sports as well. Um, so yeah, it, it, it I, I feel like it does have a heavy like sports connection for me. Yeah. 
definitely. <laughs> yeah, I always think of it as the person that would say that more to me would be my dad. He would say con ganas. He says con ganas a lot more than my mom does. Like in what context? Because you like you being uh, you're like a native Spanish speaker, right? Yeah, I'm so not. my so my dad is from Oaxaca, Mexico. He would say, "Pero con ganas, mija, con ganas," and and it was always a a very positive encouragement. But oh. usually, it was after I told him a story about like a work or a school where something was going wrong, you know. Yeah. And so it was his encouragement of him telling me to stand up for myself. Ah, oh, okay. You know, like if like borderline go kick somebody's ass kind of thing but don't because you don't want to get in trouble so it was like that borderline like push push the limit of how much you can fight for yourself you know and yeah. that's what my, my dad would be like pero con ganas tú gritales con ganas like you yell at them with like all the passion that you have you know yeah. and and it was like that that feeling where you're like you get riled up like yeah yeah yeah, i'm gonna go be some i'm gonna go talk some smack you know da, da, da. Uh-huh. um that was his encouragement you know con ganas but it was like angry passion positivity i don't yeah, even know that's like a, boxing, a thing. boxing coach like he's in your corner basically like yeah yeah you know <laughs> and and he's like and if you're gonna if you're ever gonna get into a fight make sure you hit him square in the jaw pero con ganas it's like <laughs> okay yeah like like you really mean it like all right um, cool so as i always think about con ganas i think about my dad when he does when he says you know and now he tells my daughter the same thing too like um, but he says it softer in a softer way. <laughs> they always like, get yeah. like a softer tone, huh? like, <laughs> yeah. like, you know. Oh man, it reminds me like when when I was supposed to get in a fight, I, I had never gotten in a fight. I can't believe like my mouth, like I, I'm surprised I have not gotten in a fight, but I've gotten really close. And I remember, <laughs> like, oh my goodness, I know, like in high school, I remember, like, I think this girl was just trying to be mean and tough. And she was like picking on me for no reason because she thought I said something. And basically she was threatening to fight me the next day. And I told my mom, I was like, mom, I'm just letting you know, um, I might get in a fight tomorrow. Like, <laughs> girl's like trying to fight me. And like, I'm just going to let you know, because like, if I get in trouble, like you, you, you have a warning. And she was like, if you fight tomorrow, you better win. Okay, Miha, you better win. <laughs> but like i wasn't allowed to like like my parents taught me like you need to defend yourself if somebody's attacking you or hurting you or hurting someone else but like never take the first like swing or push or whatever so i kind of was raised on that notion of beyond the defense and if you fight you better win (laughs) (laughs) yeah like she got scared because like at the time I was like trying to get into college which anyway the long story I ended up um, going to community college I took the I took the 10-year program to a bachelor's degree so no shame in that you know we all have our no shame but you know at the time in high school you're like oh I'm trying to get into college I don't want to get suspended and give them reason to like reject me and I'm trying to get into a four-year at the time so I did oh, I'm such a rat this is awful the good thing is nobody knows who you are so it's okay I know it's like this is like breaking all the codes like 
of the head. Okay. Like <laughs> I think I went to a counselor. I'm like, this girl says she wants to fight me. I'm trying to get into college. And I was like, she's a loser and she's not going to college. So it don't matter to her. So I'm not a loser. So I'm not trying to get suspended. And like, apparently they brought us in. And, like, they had the school cop there, like, trying to intimidate us. I'm like, I ain't scared of you, okay? Like, I ain't do nothing. Like, you're not going to arrest me. Um, But I guess he was there to straighten up the other girl, too. Like, and she's like, I'm sorry. Like, I just didn't like that you were saying this. I'm like, I didn't say that. But okay. So her <laughs> attitude changed. And she got scared. And she never wanted to fight me again after that. Because I guess the cop scared her. So... That was that. <laughs> didn't get to fight. Which so is good. You, Violence is not the answer, kids. Yeah. So you didn't get to a fight because you had lots of ganas to go yes. to college. <laughs> <laughs> Putting it into context. <laughs> I know. Wasn't it? I forget who it was. It was like, I don't know. <laughs> like, was it Bruce Lee? I think Bruce, I, I watched like a Bruce Lee documentary thing recently i think he had some kind of like saying or even though like he could kick ass but like that was kind of like the last resort oh, i'm so bad like with the quoting never mind i feel like i know what you're talking about yeah. but i also <laughs> am totally blanking out mainly because i'm terrible at movie quotes and like all these things Yes, like I, I have zero. I have zero memory. Like I can be in the middle of a room and people will be quoting back and forth movies, and I'm just staring at them. Like, yeah, that's great. I don't know. What you're yeah, talking about. <laughs> I don't know. Ignore that. Yeah, yeah I, I almost got into a fight too. I actually talked myself out of it, um, and I, I was scared, so scared, and. And and the crazy thing is now looking back, it's like that was the stupidest reason for why I would almost get into a fight. And I kind of hold a mini grudge for everybody in the class. So for those that are hearing this, that are my that still keep in touch with me from high school, I'm sh- um hope you all remember this story. So it was tenth grade, no, eleventh grade, twelfth grade, I don't know, eleventh grade, mm-hmm. and. And I was in I was in math class, going into math class, and my math teacher, he didn't show up. And we didn't have a sub. We were just kind of all in the classroom. And I'm sitting there, and one of the one of my uh girls that sit, sit next to me, she came in. It was this black girl, and she came in. She would always come in super high. She was really nice and funny. I would sit next to her all the time. Mm-hmm. And then um, one day she came in really high and she's sitting there with a bunch of other people and she's like, oh, where's Mr. So-and-so? And we're like, oh, we don't know. Like, he's not here. And then she just straight up said, oh, he must have gotten deported. Oh, And I no. was like, what the? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, that's Jesus. not nice. Right. And I was like, what? And everybody stayed quiet. And I sit next to her and I was like, yo, that's messed up. Why would you say that? He's like, oh, he probably got sent back to his country, da da da, you know, like, and he, and this teacher was a math teacher who's really good. I don't remember anything that he taught us, but like (laughs) at the time I got a really good grade. So I'm pretty sure he taught us math really well. Um, But he did have an accent. He was very, he had very thick accent. So you can tell that he was 
Um, not learning, from here, maybe. Or... Yeah, learning the language. So I don't know. I don't remember if he was from Mexico or from. I don't. But he was from Latin America somewhere. And, and in so... her defense, too, it's like back in the day, like kids and like humor was so problematic. Like, right? Yeah, it was just like not that it was okay, but it was just kind of like, yeah. He's yeah. like, <laughs> yeah, she probably got sent back to you know to wherever. Oh, and, no. I was, and I was like, and I called her out on it. I was uh-huh. the only one in class that called her out on it. And it's just like, yo, that's Gonna messed up. Why would you say that? You know? Yeah. <laughs> fight. No, I, I didn't want to say I want to fight. And then she's like, oh, you want you want to catch my fade? And I was like, you're what? <laughs> What's that? <laughs> like, Is there a detail for that? <laughs> Can you translate? I need subtitles for this. <laughs> and then she's like, oh, you think you're so smart? You're trying to stand up to me? Da, da, da. And she was just like barking at me the whole oh, time. No. And I was sitting there like, oh my God. She's like, you're in a way. And it was the, this was the class right before lunch. So she's like, no, you're going to catch me outside during lunch. You're going you're gonna to learn today to be talking back to me. I was so scared. Oh my god! I just sat there, and she's just like barking at me. And then she finally, uh, I, I just I told her like that's messed up. Don't be saying things like that, you know. And she's yeah. like, "Oh, does anybody else in this classroom want to stand up for their little friend over here?" Nobody <laughs> said shit. <laughs> wow, Nobody. Some friends. Well, <laughs> classmates, because we ain't friends. <laughs> and um, I mean, I know people still from that. I think in that class, I don't know. Whatever. Anyway. Nobody stood up for me. Everybody stayed quiet. And I was like, okay, this is the day. This is the day that my dad told me that I have to ponerle ganas, right? Like, if I'm going to do it, ponerle ganas, I'm partile su madre, like my my dad says, you know? I'm like, all right, let's do this. He's like in your head. In my head, like putting in my head all the moves that I took from karate when I was in seventh grade. So, like, let's see if this this is going to work. Muscle memory. Muscle memory, you know? And then the class gets dismissed. (laughs) <laughs> oh, and I think by the time that too, there was like an adult supervisor. Like it wasn't a substitute, but like it was like a, we had adult supervision, and even that person didn't say anything. So <laughs> I hope they're blessing, getting blessings right now. Anyway, so I'm leaving. We're all ready to leave, and I and I call her, and I'm like, "Hey, can I talk to you?" And she's like, "Oh, you want some more? You know, like you 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 ready to have this do this right now?" And I said, "No, I don't want to fight you." You know? Yeah. Uh, and she's just like what and i was like why are you upset about me calling you out do you think it'd be cool and this is obviously early 2000s if i offend anybody right now please be i'm sorry i was like what if i told what if somebody told you oh we're gonna ship you back to africa it's like well that will be messed up because i'm not from there i'm like exactly yeah exact you kind of same thing gave the an example you know? of like yeah i see and yeah. And I was like, we don't know what happened to to Mr. So and so, you know, like it's messed up. We if if that what you're saying did happen, like that's messed up too, you know, that he has a life, you know. So yeah. we were just talking back and forth. And um, so she was with her friends, so the same people that were like trying to like hype her up and everything, and even they stayed quiet. And I go up there and I'm like, that's messed up. Like I, I think you should really think. I'm like, I find you cool. I find you the most entertaining version part of this class. I just oh, don't sweetie. think that we agree in this, you know? Yeah. And she's like, oh, okay. And she's just like, all right. And then she leaned in, gave me a hug. She's like, you're all right. And she walks Aww. out. <laughs> <laughs> Solved it with words. Con ganas. I didn't get my ass beat that day. <laughs> it's like, con palabras, right? With words. Is that right? Like, yeah. <laughs> Spanish is so bad. Con palabras. Oh man. Not so that's with, my, that's not my with almost. That's my almost fighting story. 
I should receive a Nobel Prize. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So tell me, I know that you have experienced a few encounters being part of the beauty world. Oh, yeah. How how did this conganas uh, <laughs> detail fit in for you in that during that time? How did you go into the beauty industry um, to start off with? Well, that's uh, I'll, so I'll make it kind of short. So, you know, I I think it was like recession time. So like 2008 ish. And um, I had been out of work because the recession and I was like in and out of like community college taking like you know, a few classes here and there. And I'm like, all right, I need to find a job. And I was like, I had gained a lot of weight and I don't, I don't know why, but maybe I was just eating a lot and staying up late and not really taking care of myself. So I had put on a lot of weight and I didn't feel good about myself. And I felt, I think I was looking up like makeup tutorials and this was before people were like, this was a thing. Okay. So there's only Mm -hmm. a small handful of people doing makeup on YouTube and I found a a YouTube video about how to do your makeup and then that led into like a blogging community I said that a blogging community of makeup (laughs) artists and they were just like amateur makeup artists people like everyday people just super into makeup and I found this community super into it um it doesn't really exist anymore but that's kind of how I got into it is because I wanted to feel better about myself. I felt like if people just looked at my face, like, oh, her makeup is so pretty, they would not see that I had gained a lot of weight. And like, it was like literally a mask for me. So got into it that way. I finally got a job selling makeup, but it was like, I wasn't an artist at all. Like we weren't allowed to put makeup on people. We just had to sell it. So that was kind of like my gateway, like my foot in the door. And then I moved out of state and to just, you know, pursue new things. And years later, I got a job at a department store at a counter. And that was like my dream in terms of like my dream job while I was in college. So Mm -hmm. I was so excited. You know, I went from just selling makeup to like actually being a makeup artist. And, you know, I I liked making people feel good about themselves. I loved the teaching aspect of like teaching them like how to put the makeup on. And, you know, with that, you're literally you're in a retail setting. And if anyone has worked retail, there are a lot of stories. (laughs) (laughs) some people are not nice to you and when it comes to like your looks in terms of making people look beautiful or doing anything to their hair their face their nails people are even more brutal sometimes Mm -hmm. and that's what I hear about the food industry too I didn't get to work food but I hear it's very like similar where people can just be so mean and out of that you know, came my podcast, I was like, you know what, I've been hanging on to this idea for so long. There's so many wild stories about things that happen to makeup artists and to people in general in the beauty industry. It's like, I I want people to be kind to these artists, you know, like, just because they look on point and stylish and fashionable, like they have feelings. Like, I used to be intimidated by like people at the makeup counter, like as a customer, as a teenager. But you know, we have feelings and there's a way to communicate what you want. There's a bad way to do it. And I'm just trying to bridge that gap between customer and artist and also just 
giving them teaching moments. Like there's a lesson to learn all the time. So for me, it was like, I always wanted to work in a makeup job. So like everything I did to get that job, like in my interview was like con ganas, you know, like had Mm -hmm. to give it everything. I had to show them like, no, I didn't have official experience, but like I knew enough from my like super like beauty blogging days that I, I knew enough for them to be able to train me into a makeup artist, if that makes sense, you know? Yeah. So they, the company gave lessons like classes on how to do that yeah i always wondered about that yeah in some ways like when you especially i think in california but i think across the board um you don't have to be licensed to do makeup artistry and i'm pretty sure this is across all states um if you have if you're doing waxing and stuff like that that's another story you have to be an esthetician licensed but for makeup artistry like Basically, for the interviews, they usually, you know, they want to see that you have um, the personality, obviously. They want to see that you can sell or can have people skills because, you know, they don't want to hire people who don't ha- don't know how to have a conversation. So if that is there and you can just dis- you can display some sort of basic makeup knowledge, like your own makeup looks OK. They some brands might do an interview where you have to put makeup on somebody. If Mm -hmm. you do like a decent job, for the most part, like they can teach you the rest. And they do that by some of them do classes every once in a while. But Mm -hmm. really, you learn by being on the floor, doing makeup on people, like tons of people. And maybe your coworkers will show you like, hey, this is a trick that I know. Here's a technique that I do. Um, So it's really just really hands on. And it's like anything, the more you practice it, the better you can get, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Hmm. That's cool. I didn't know that. I thought that people had to go to cosmetology school, which apparently is a umbrella word for many other things, yeah. except cosmetics as much. And then from there, they had to prove that they are decent enough to get hired to work at the counter i thought it was like a longer process yeah you don't necessarily have to but maybe in terms of like if you want to like do hair and you know waxing and facials you probably need that license for sure um and it's helpful but uh, in terms of working at a counter generally you don't need any kind of licensing Hmm. or schooling you can it'll help maybe but you don't have to or our listeners that are considering that as a career, would you recommend it? It's really up to you. I mean, there's, there's a lot. I mean, when it came to putting myself through college, it was a great job, but this is like pre COVID. So they're not even doing makeups at counters to my knowledge because of all the, the COVID stuff, you know, you can't even really use testers. So I think in terms of that, the industry's completely changed. Like I have friends who like, you know, got laid off from their makeup job because you can't really do makeup anymore. Um, But if you wanted to go into, let's say, bridal or like freelance or, um, you know, I I know some people who do celebrity makeups, um, you can go that route. And, you know, it's really about, you know, if you do your work like con ganas, you know, back to that phrase, Mm If you connect with the right people, if you just really like pave your own way um, and you know that it can be very hard, then uh, if that's your passion, like go for it. You will develop tough skin 
And if you don't have thick skin, it's probably not the industry for you to be in. But with that said, like, you know, if, if um, I think the difference is when you work retail, it is all about sales. Like they, you probably don't know this if you're not in the retail beauty world. Mm-hmm. But basically, even though you're a makeup artist at a counter at a department store, like it's all about sales when you do it for your freelancing, for celebrities, for, you know, for weddings, that's your own business, you know, or or you're working for an agency like you're just trying to make someone beautiful and you get paid for that. You know, you're not trying to sell them products usually. So that's like a huge difference. I see that. I can definitely. I have a few friends um, that are in the beauty industry as business owners mm-hmm. um, and I think their experience has been a little bit better but they have worked retail but I think that they now they prefer being away from the retail world because I think yeah like you said meshing it up kind of blurs a few lines yeah most people I know like you know some people are just cut out for the retail world you can move up you can be like in leadership roles like district manager type roles trainers but some people move away from the retail and go straight into like I know somebody who owns her own um, studio now like her little own studio and she does like microblading and lashes and facials and stuff so that's possible definitely really is I'm sure now than ever, you are really busy and value every single minute to yourself. And doing regular grocery shopping is not as fun. But what if you can shop local from your favorite stores and have your items hand-selected by shoppers based on your preferences? Instacart allows you to shop from multiple stores on a single order, helps you save money and time, and delivers your groceries to your door in as fast as one hour. Follow the link in the show notes for a special offer to all What Dichos listeners. Free delivery on your first order over $35. Instacart. We get fresh produce and keep your eggs safe too. And how did you get inspired to start Swatch of Horrors? So with my podcast, like we talk about the beauty horror stories told from the beauty professionals, like point of view, is because like, I think customers don't really know what it's like to be a makeup artist or somebody in the beauty industry. They just think like, oh, you get to play with makeup all day. Well, that's not true. Like there's sales goals. And if so, you don't make those sales goals, your hours get cut. And, you know, a lot of times people think like, oh, I can get my makeup done for free at the makeup counter. Well, this is (laughs) pre-COVID. Um But, you know, when people do that and they don't buy anything, that really hurts the artist, you know, because they're spending all this time putting makeup on you and you don't buy anything. Like they just wasted an hour, 45 minutes on you and literally made no sales. So I think I just wanted to bring awareness and highlight the horror stories that people go through because, you know, I think it would make people like empathize more with beauty industry professionals, especially now, like with covid a lot of industries had to shut down so i like to talk about like customers like customer service horrors or people like scream at you and stuff like that or they're just awful um but i also like to have a teaching moment where like what could you have done better what could you have done differently also like i think i talked to somebody about their mental health struggles while they were a makeup artist because that's their own horror story you know they go through all these 
internal things and you have to put on a face and sell makeup and make other people feel beautiful it's a really hard like dynamic so like I try to find different like aspects of horror within beauty that people may not know about but also like offer solutions of how you can cope so that's kind of like how it came about and a lot of wild things happen so (laughs) (laughs) yeah 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 when I've listened to the episodes I um jaw drop I'm like what the heck (laughs) I'm always looking for more stories so if there are any people in the beauty industry who want to come on the podcast like hit me up let's connect and I'll interview you like I love to hear other people's stories so (laughs) yeah um I'll let my friends know and then I did when I was I got my lashes lifted a few weeks ago and my brows laminated and I was telling the girl um about your podcast and I was telling her um hey you should listen to this podcast and she's like why why what is it I'm like I'm like well you work in the industry so obviously you're familiar with things but like um I hope I told her I hope I'm not a rude customer but (laughs) (laughs) but maybe you've had others but you should listen to this to these podcasts I'm like she's like oh "Oh my god yes I love it and so hopefully you got one more listener (laughs) your brows look good and your I think I can see your lashes so like yeah, I thought about doing the, the eyelash lift like one day, but yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I'm like still freaking out about having people close to my face, like, you know, in COVID times. Yeah. But, but you yeah. know, shout out to like the beauty professionals, like my hair person. Like I've, I know people will say like beauty services are not essential and there might be some shame and like, why are you going to get your nails done or hair done? But for some people, like that is essential, like making yourself feel better can really help your mental health, especially like, yes, there's risks, obviously. But I would say like, you know, shout out to the beauty industry, because when you go to get your nails done, even in COVID, like may not be necessary, but you're helping someone else like put money in their pocket, food on the table, like you're helping someone's business. So like, you know, I would say have an open mind with that as well um but yeah I was like um but shout out to like my the nail place that I went to because I had to get a okay it was four months since my last pedicure I'm like I need to go <laughs> my fiance was like this is a 911 situation you need to go <laughs> like you no longer have feet you have talons <laughs> yeah you have like I don't know what it is um caveman feet but like they're really good like you you just got to find a place that's legit like they take your temperature they're double masking they got like the dividers and they space you out and my hair person too like super cleanliness like super clean and um she's responsible and she even takes like responsible like clients too like she vets her clients and stuff like that so I really appreciate that and I only go if I feel safe um so yeah try to support your you know, I mean, there's risk with everything, but if you can and and you feel safe about it, um, support your, your beauty professionals right now because they had a hard hit with the closures and, you know. Yeah, there was one of the industries that was least prioritized when going back, you know, and I, I see a lot of them just struggling. And yeah. the place that I go to get my hair done, she had just opened 
her new business oh no that year like i think a month before and then it had to get shut down that's rough and and it was really rough and and i'm pretty sure that a lot of people in the industry were doing kind of like speakeasy type of oh yeah (laughs) you know because there's no way that they're that they weren't going to find financial (laughs) um you know relief yeah relief yeah because what else what else and and then the way that edd was set up and all that bs nobody was getting money for months like i'm sure that there was like a lot of backdoor type of oh activities yeah going i went on, to one so. <laughs> <laughs> i will yeah. say i went to one like responsibly well i think anyway like this was right before they were going to open up again for the first time so in my mind i was like Okay, if I go to jump on it, yeah, if I go to this speakeasy one and it was like the windows were all like blocked off, like they had paper over it, like um, butcher paper over the window, so you couldn't see. Um, I called every single place and I was like, because my feet were bad, dude. Um, (sighs) And it's not that they look bad, like my skin freaking hurts because my like it was bad, like my skin was cracking, it was gross. I found a place in my logic and even my fiance was like, well, you better go now before they reopen because then there's like more risks for exposure when they open because everyone's going to be going. So I was like, well, maybe that's a good point. So like I went with two masks and they had procedures there, like they cleaned everything and they took your temperature and they screened you. So I'm like, okay, it felt it really felt like a speakeasy situation. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And but, you know, I was like, well, I'm supporting someone's business and it's not like I, you know, I don't go anywhere else, so Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's how I see it. everybody was I have managed to stay covid free. Thank thank God. Oh, that's good. Um but people around me haven't. You yeah. know, like Same. neighbors, friends and stuff like that. So I just feel like I'm in like this bubble. Yeah. And I just only go out to the market essential kind of things, mm-hmm. see my mom, you know, because she's also locked up. So I figured, hey, you're locked up. I'm locked up. We're good, right? Good. <laughs> you know, so that you trust your own mom. Like, I'm kind of like, mm. I trust <laughs> my mom, but <laughs> I feel Not like with COVID. I don't, I trust her, but like, I just, I don't know. I feel like when people say oh we're careful but then it's like they go see a friend who says that their friend is careful but then their friend is like oh i'm careful too but then somehow someone ends up getting covid and you're like someone wasn't careful like <laughs> yeah. not, not that it's funny but it kind of it's like i don't trust nobody you know like right like even even a bubble like i don't trust to have a bubble because then when i think somebody's being careful i'm like you did what you went where you hung out where and even though they say like they were taking precautions and I'm like, you kind of like went out a lot. Like I'm going to, I'm going to chill. I don't think we should be in a bubble. <laughs> yeah. I was like, yeah, <laughs> it's just funny when people say like they're careful and then, then they're telling you they went here, here, there, there, there. And I'm like, whoa, I don't think that's careful to me. <laughs> Carefully. You obviously can't get it if you drive away from the town that you live in. That's the logic. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, I literally, like, I don't go into anyone's house. And not only that, it's just, like, I live with someone who's high risk. And even that, it's, like, you're seeing it take people who supposedly don't have underlying health conditions. So it's, like, 
I don't want to play that game, you know, right. I want to live with that guilt and it's just not worth it. Like for me, like I get it, like there's mental health issues and stuff, but if you can do it safely and, you know, and then sure have a bubble, but I just, I don't trust nobody. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'll, I'll, I'll hit you back up when I get my vaccine. You know, in the pre-questionnaire, you had mentioned that you were working really hard to get a chance for your parents and your grandparents have yeah. to get the vaccine. Have you been um, successful? Is how crazy is that attempt? It was wild. Like, I will say, like, uh, my grandparents lived in, in a different county than I do. So they're like in their 80s. And even though my they're on Facebook, they can text like they're kind of tech savvy. But how do you expect like 80 year olds to get online, do a reservation? Like it was literally like, I don't know if anybody like of your listeners or you like, like to get like limited edition sneakers sometimes, but it was basically like getting on a sneaker drop and getting like the latest shoe. Like (laughs) the websites kept crashing. Um, I had to have like 10 tabs open and I'm putting in my grandpa's info, my grandma's info and your next page, next page, next page. And then it crashes and it's like, it was awful, but I was able to get both of them like their first appointment. But here's the thing, like they got their first shot and there's no news about, oh, like we're going to set up the second appointment for you. No, it was like a free for all. So I had to do step like the shot number two, I had to like do that whole thing again and try to reserve them their shot again. And then get this like a week later, I get an email. Oh, we automatically set up an appointment for you. Click this link so you can reserve it. I'm like, it would have been nice to know that like in the beginning. (laughs) But that, that shows you like the problems with the logistics of distributing this vaccine. Like it's really just a learn as you go, apparently. And some counties are better at it than others. Like, I know Orange County has their own system, L.A. and, like, Riverside and San Bernardino County. It's, like, everybody has their own way of doing it. And I guess they're just learning from each other. I don't know. But they both are, like, officially vaccinated. So happy. Um, That's good. Yeah. And I think, like, literally my grandma, she was mopping, like, the next day. Like, she was mopping the floors, cleaning. Like, she was fine, you know? It, it was nuts and then later I, I did notice that um they had appointments for like only 85 year old people and up or something like that so they were strictly making like slots for older people so I think that was good like you know hopefully they had people helping them get appointments I don't know yeah that's awful yeah there's a lot of controversy the way that everything's being distributed you know I'm kind of on that wait and see thing i have i can't get it mm-hmm. because i'm part of like gen pop you know so <laughs> so i'm just like just here waiting i guess you know if you call, oh, my, name, call my name yeah <laughs> oh, like, is that a new genre of music <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you my brain i watch way too many too much tv that's cool that are gang related and stuff. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, so what is a advice that you would give to our listeners about anything that you want to give them advice for? <laughs> Beauty, mm. work, mental health. What is an advice you would give yeah, them? I would say 
Hmm. I'm like, do people really need to be getting advice from me? I'm just kidding. Um, I would say if you're not feeling okay, like that's okay to not feel okay. It's totally a cliche, but you can find therapy. There's resources. I know not everybody has insurance. Um, and I know it can be expensive even if you have insurance. So I recommend if you're employed, go to your employer or look up your HR paperwork, like your benefits. Most employers have a thing called the Employee Assistance Program or the EAP. That's like a free service that's included with your employment. Usually they'll give you like three to five free counseling sessions and it's confidential. So most people don't even know that they have this. Um, Also, I would recommend Googling like your, let's say, let's say you live in LA, Los Angeles Health Department, mental health. Google that. Google whatever county you're in, whatever city you're in and put mental health services free or whatever. You can find resources that way. There's also like a crisis text line you can text. Um, you don't have to be having like suicidal ideations. Just, hey, I'm having a rough time right now. I need to text somebody. You can do that and it's free. Um, there's a lot of cities that have resources right now, even like hotlines that you can just talk to somebody. A lot of universities, schools offer programs. You just got to look it up. Um, if you do have insurance and you want to go that route, Oh, psychologytoday.com, I think, is pretty good. Um, it's really funny because I was looking for a new therapist, right? So you go on this mm-hmm. website and these therapists, they usually have a profile picture. They have like the summary and sometimes they have a video. I'm like, this feels like what online dating might be. <laughs> you know? Yes. Like I'm in a relationship and I'm not on these apps, but I'm like, this is probably what it's like. Like, they're trying to sell themselves to you. Like, pick me. Like, we're going to work through your problems together. And it's kind of <laughs> cool. Like, you can kind of get a, a good idea. So you can go on there. I really like that app because it shows, like, their picture and their details and stuff. And, you know, you can filter. Like, if you, like, personally, like, I wanted somebody, like, a woman of color just so she can kind of, like, we can kind of relate a little bit more of, like, where I come from. I feel like we'd have a better like connection that way. So yeah, I I would say take care of yourself because if you don't take care of yourself, you can't take care of other people. So, yeah. Thank you so much for that. I appreciate it. And also, as in one of your episodes that you made, put on some blunt and drink your water. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, like yeah. sometimes I'll just post on my story like drink water because <laughs> somebody will be like, "Oh my gosh, I needed that. Like I forgot." <laughs> <laughs> I really forget too sometimes. I literally chugged a, a glass of water before I jumped on here because I didn't drink any water today. So, yeah, water and sunblock. There you go. <laughs> water and sunblock. There you go. Oh, okay, last question. Random question. Let's do it. Are you a cat person or a dog person or a no pet person? Um, definitely an animal person. Um I grew up with dogs and I didn't really grow up with cats, but I do like cats. Like they can be scary and mean. And um, what is it? Not a small fact, random fact. What's the Mm -hmm. phrase? 
random fact because like oh my god <laughs> that makes more yeah, that makes random sense. fact about me i am born in the year of the the vietnamese zodiac which is similar to chinese i think there's two animals that are different um i'm a cat but in chinese huh. zodiac it's rabbit so fyi Oh, this year is water buffalo. I think in Vietnamese zodiac, but it's the ox in Chinese zodiac. Uh-huh. So it, it's probably like really similar. It's just they change out the animals for some reason. So yeah, so I'm kind of like a cat. Like I feel like cat personality, where it's like you want attention, but then like you don't, and then like leave me alone. Like you know, like <laughs> so I feel like I connect to cats in that way, and. Um, I like both. Honestly, I would love to own a cat one day um, because they're more independent, I think. And you don't, you know, they're not as needy. But um, yeah, what about you? Which which one do you like? I would say I am both as well. Mm -hmm. I've only ever had dogs. And I liked the idea of having a cat Mm -hmm. for, for a long time. Until I found out that my sister was allergic. So oh, then no. I can never own a cat. <laughs> Does your sister like live with you or see you a lot? No, we, you know, we're really close. So oh. pre-COVID, we're always together. Like now I see, I see because they, her and my mom live in the same house. So mm-hmm. when I go to see my mom, like she's there, but I cannot have a cat because oh. even if I don't have, even if I go see them and I don't have my cat, all the dandruff would be on me, That's true. you know, and, and the way that we found out that my sister was allergic um was in high school because when we were little we would play with like my when we would go with my mom to her jobs um her house ladies they they had cats so we would play with them (laughs) um yeah so we were all excited but in high school um a friend of mine we had a sleepover the first sleepover i ever had in high school um i had to take my sister (laughs) your sister (laughs) my friend yeah my sister roach her and i went to my friend's house and she had this beautiful cat and this gigantic beastly thing and we found out that my sister was allergic because she couldn't breathe she was like oh my god she was getting congested yeah and then she started like all her friends they had cats and so she started going to their house and this house she's like oh dude i'm allergic to cats i'm like dude that sucks so i would like a cat but i can't just for the sake of not killing my sister (laughs) (laughs) i wonder if there's like a hypoallergenic cat but (laughs) a hairless one i guess but i don't know it's like kind of funny looking (laughs) yeah like they're ugly cute i don't know yeah they're ugly cute but yeah i'm an animal person but um yeah i don't i don't i wish i had an ability i have a bird i have a dog and i have three fish if i my daughter has asked me for a hamster and I'm, and I'm oh, over, no. almost always very close to saying yes. But then I think about no, because I have to be the one that cleans it. So I have to put on my mom hat and be like, no, no more They're animals. They're very <laughs> nocturnal. And then I think they have a short lifespan. So then you're like, yeah, yeah. it's sad no, when they die. I with the, yeah, no, I can't deal with that. That's good. We're good with that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story, for sharing your um, your background with us, you know, and I'm very excited that we got a chance to connect. Yeah, thanks for, for having virtually. the show. And yeah, we're yeah. totally virtually. So no, no, what is it? Um not projectiles what is that droplets no droplets like 
projectiles? I meant like droplets, droplets like breathing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think both of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> bodily projectiles, or you know, we're very safe here in our virtual screens, and yeah, definitely. <laughs> like clearly still recovering from this brain injury <laughs> like i need like drink the water i know for everybody listening thank you so much uh for tuning in make sure to catch memes on her podcast swatch of horrors you can also catch her on instagram and please take a listen i mean you all have you will all benefit from learning how to be nice to other people <laughs> yeah, and i'm on Twitter too uh swatch of horrors um Follow me there. I need more friends or followers or lurkers. I don't know. Tweeters. 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 (laughs) You need more tweeps. I feel like such a boomer. I need some people on my Twitter. (laughs) Oh, gosh. Yeah. I'm like, I feel like Twitter is always a forgotten one. Yeah. I have a Twitter too, and I forget about it too. Like, ah, damn it. (laughs) I don't have TikTok though. That's the one app that I have not like. I will not download it. I'm just like not gonna do it. Like I know it's got a lot of stuff on there and it's entertaining, but I'm like I I just can't with another app. A lot of people are transferring their TikToks over to Instagram Reels, so I don't think you're missing out. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you do. This is such a cool concept, and you know it gets me more connected with you know that that Spanish speaking side that I'm definitely missing out on growing up in some ways so thank you for having a show like this thank you so much thank you for connecting with me and i'm glad that you are enjoying it yay, <laughs> yay. and for everybody else make sure to follow uh like i said memes on such of horrors make sure you check out the podcast um and don't forget to rate subscribe like share all that good stuff for both our podcasts to give us more love All right, everybody, take care. Have a great afternoon, morning, night, whatever time it is in your time zone. Adios. See you later.